You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholes and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 10 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. It is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? All the better for speaking to you. Yeah, I'm doing too, I'm doing pretty well, thanks. You? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm having a, having a busy old time at the moment. I'm not getting out and watching a lot of football, which, you know, is a, is a shame. But it doesn't matter because, of course, I get my football fix every week by speaking to you. <laughs> so, um, so, yes, over the, over the next half an hour or so, we will be um, covering the, uh, the football in the Tool Station Western League over the weekend. I'd love to tell the listeners who we're going to be speaking to. But at the moment, I have absolutely no idea at all. Um, it is as much of a mystery to you, uh, to me, as it is to you, listeners. Um, so this, I guess you could say, is the podcasting equivalent of Russian roulette. Um, mm-hmm. I've got Tom and I are going to go through the fixture roundup, as we always do every week. And you and at this particular moment in time, I have absolutely no idea where um, where the where the dial will land and who we're going to speak to. So I hope that's exciting. I, I think, actually, I have to say that, that there is jeopardy on us here because if I can't get anybody to talk to us, Tom, then mm. I think we might need to jack this in. This could be the last yeah. ever Tool Station Western League podcast. Uh, I don't think finally... people would just want to listen to me and you for, for 45 minutes, so we definitely need some input from elsewhere. You're right. We certainly do. <laughs> We're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right there. Um, right, so let's have a chat then about the football that took place in the Toolstation Western League on Saturday, the 30th of September. Uh, and we're going to kick things off in the Premier Division where the uh, uh, at Brixham AFC, where the visitors were Shepton Mallet. And um, this was a really strong um, performance by the home side. Yeah, they're definitely a team on the up. I think. I think that's what I put in the put in the bulletin. In fact, and I just yeah, they're starting to show signs of um, yeah, real strong form, as you say. And they obviously did, did well last year, and now up in in the in the Western League, and a four 0 win for them on Saturday at home to home to Shepton Mallet. Three uh, league wins in a, in a in a row without conceding, so it's going well at both ends. Charlie Johansson got the ball rolling for them, uh, his second goal of the week. He scored last weekend as well. Uh, ben Aldis then scoring uh, midway through the opening half as well. Uh, and then they were actually reduced to 10 men as well. So a red card just before half time. Um, certainly would have given given Mal a, a, you know, a slight edge going in the second half. But yeah, Brixham held them at bay and, and did more than that. They added a couple more goals. Uh, Reese Sommers and uh, substitute Cole Harford. So yeah, 4-0 win for Brixham at home to Shepton Mallet. Now we move on to a game that we discussed on last week's podcast. The top of the table clash. Two titans of football. Uh, one from Devon, one from Cornwall. Buckland Athletic mm. entertained Falmouth Town. We knew there'd be a big crowd uh, for this one. There was 251. I'm sure there was an absolute carnival atmosphere. We know that the F Troop travel in force with Falmouth Town. And we also know that Buckland have been growing off the pitch and on it over recent mm. seasons. It was a close affair, Tom. One goal in it. Who were the victors? Well, it really was a close affair. And it was it was Falmouth who were... Uh, finished the game on top but it was a well a very dramatic game and the the result definitely wasn't decided until until the final seconds uh fast start for the away side luke barner heading them in front after just four minutes and uh that looked as though it might be the only only goal of the game uh big crowd there and uh yeah they probably uh, didn't quite get their money's worth in terms of goals for for much of the afternoon as i say the uh uh, the Cornish side won the lap and, and that was how it stayed for, for the remainder of the game, pretty much. But then with three minutes left, 
Uh, Jared Lewington, he's uh, he's Buckland's uh, star man at the moment. He seems to seems to score most weekends, and he was he was in on the act again, uh, scoring as I say, 87th minute, and uh, yeah, that looked to have looked to have grabbed uh, grabbed a point for the hosts. But uh, yeah, Falmouth, Falmouth managed to hit back, uh, and their next attack uh, earned a stoppage time penalty, and it was uh, Andy Collings in goal for Buckland actually saving that penalty. So it was um, yeah more drama. Uh, but from the resulting corner, uh, the ball came over and it was Andreas Kalea Stein. I hope I've pronounced that oh, right. Double barrel surname. I'm trying my best for that one. Hopefully, uh, hopefully done my best with it, as I say. And he headed home uh, to to bring the end to a to a thrilling contest, the final final kick of the well, final final play of the game. And uh, yeah, Falmouth running out two on winners. So uh, yeah, real dramatic afternoon uh, down at Buckland. Um, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Toolstation Western League podcast, Andrew Westgarth, the manager of Falmouth Town. Um, Andrew, thank you for taking the time to speak to us. And what a dramatic win at Buckland at the weekend. Have you recovered yet? Yeah, it certainly sent my, uh, my heart racing, I must admit. Um, yeah, you just got to enjoy days like that. They don't come around very often. And, and it was nice that we were on the, on the good end of it for once. Well, it was never going to be an easy game. I'm sure you knew that when you went into it. But, I mean, what sort of a boost does that give to you and the team for it, for the rest of the season? Yeah, I think a win like that can do all sorts of your confidence. Um, you know, I think probably even leading up to the, the last five, ten minutes, you know, I thought we, we looked good value for our, for our win. And, um, you know, the manner in which we played, I thought we, were, we controlled the first half and done really well. Um Second half, you know, they huffed and puffed a little bit. You know, we had to make a couple of saves, but still felt fully in control. So, you know, to concede, to concede that the death was obviously disappointing. And then uh, just that madness then of, of obviously winning the penalty and you know the, the sheer high of thinking you got a chance of winning it to miss it to then get the corner and get the win was, was something special. And you know, like I said about you know you've got to enjoy days like that because they don't come around very often at all. Well, that puts you top of the table as we speak. Um, is that the ambition for this season? Uh, well, it's early days, isn't it? September to be top of the league. Um, you know, you, you can read into it too much if you want. But for us, I suppose we look at it as small hurdles, don't we? You know, it, you know every year we want to be improving. And you know, we, we finished the season quite strong last year. It took us a while to find our feet. You know, a lot, a lot to learn about the Western League. And, and we sort of carried that on to this year, really. So all we can do is just... Um, you know, just keep trying to improve. Our away form has massively improved because we've actually out of, you know out of our wins. I think you know we've played six six away and only three at home. So um, you know that's that's the most pleasing thing that you know we can go to a place like you know Buckland and not just get the win, but you know be, be quite dominant for large periods of the game. And you know the same at Clevedon. You know it's a really tough place to go. You know they're unbeaten. Managed to get a good a good point up there. I suppose you could, you could split hairs and say, you know, they were down to 10 men for a long time, but on the face of it, a point in this league is, is, uh, is really good. And I suppose the same would have been at Brixham away at the time. Again, it was almost a bit like, a bit like deja vu, really. We, we missed the penalty in the dying moments of that game as well. So, but, you know, come away over a point. So, on on whole, yeah, I think we've, uh, we've, we've massively improved and hopefully we can keep doing that. You made an interesting point in that answer about um, finding your feet in the league. I, I just wonder how much of this season's form do you put down to the experience you gained um, last season when you joined the league? Oh, all of it. I think 
massively for you know not just me as a manager, my coaching staff, or my players. It's the whole club as well. Supporters, how we approach the games, knowing what you're up against, knowing the venues you're going to. Uh, also, the standard of uh, opposition from home and away varies so much. So, you know, you could play a completely different side to you know home game to an away game. You know, with travelling and um, you know you have where you have to set your team up. You know, without being too disrespectful to the Clinch League, you could probably play the same side home and away. You, you know, your own team and, and you know just get on with it. Whereas the Western League, you've got to have a bit more thought process. And um, you know, I think we're all improving. I mean, you talk about the standard. I wonder how the standard this season compares to last season, because it feels to me like actually that the, the, the Premier Division is even more competitive than it was last season. Yeah, I think you, you, you naturally get that. Obviously, with the champions going, you obviously you lose the best team, don't you? So uh, you know, with Solash obviously missing out on promotion, but their players have sort of refunneled gone elsewhere so they've strengthened other teams um, you know, I'd like to think that we've got better Brigitte have got better Morris recruited well so like you said I think the, I don't think there'll be a runaway winner as such as much as Mal's I know was the source race really with Salt Ash but I think you know we all thought probably Mal's were probably going to win it um, whereas this year it's, it's looking really tight again it's so early days it's probably 10 games into the season so you know caught the way through so I think the introduction of the playoffs has definitely uh, sharpened everybody's pencil and given everybody something to really look forward to. Let's talk about you because you've had a great run of results at the start of this season. Obviously, um, that's borne out by your league position, but also I've noticed that you've not conceded many goals. Is that a conscious tactical choice for you? Is that something that you've worked on to be successful in this league? Well, I don't think we've gone out of our way to overly work on our defence. I think it's sort of a natural progression really and I think um, you know we haven't got the, the natural powered out goal scorers for the abundance of strikers let's just say like say a Halston or a Bridgewater a Buckland have got you know so we probably had to had to work on other areas of our game and, and you know and, and that's probably been our strength this year our, you know been very solid in games home and away and then we've been able to nick a goal or go out there and you know, blow teams away um like we did against Wellington, so it definitely helps. You know, I suppose it's got to be quite a simple game, isn't it? If you can stop teams scoring in your goal, you can score in the other end. You've got, you've got a good chance of winning games of football. So, you know, I don't think my heart planned it if every game was five four or three <laughs> two, or you know, you, you just never know what you are. Whereas, you know, we've got a strong base. We, we were sort of last year really defensively as well, but this year we just seem to have um, just seem to have gone up a notch. You've got Street up next at home and then it's Shepton Mallet. Now, those will be two difficult games, but I guess in your current run of form, they're two games that really you'll be looking to take maximum points from. We want to take maximum points in every game we play in. You know, nothing, nothing's ever changed. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're top sides, aren't they? They're, you know, they're, they're, you know, history and, uh, you know, obviously I think they've had different starts this year compared to how they did last year. You know, I think Shepton ran away with it last year at the start of the season and found things difficult with them. New management team and, and, and Street this year have done well. I think are they unbeaten or they've, they've only lost one or um, you know they've got to a great start themselves. So you know we can only take one game at a time. I'm mean, brutally honest with you. My mind is at, at the minute just excited on um, um, and then you know then all attention will turn to Street on Saturday. But you know, we played them twice last year. I think we drew both games actually. So you know we know they're a tough game. I think 
fun we have down here, obviously, is that maybe the same for them. Is obviously they're, they're so far away from us. It's hard for us to really know too much about them. Uh, you know, I know they lost their, their captain and their main striker to to virus the ball, but you know, they seem to be coping without him. So it'd be a, it'd be a tough game. Uh, well, interesting you mentioned Barnstable because, of course, they're coming up later in the month on the 28th. And, um, I mean, I like the way that they've gone about their business since they've joined the Western League. Like Buckland, they look like a really sort of competitive side. But after that result against Buckland, I, I guess really th- there can be very few away days that hold any fear for you. Yeah, I, you know, I think I wouldn't say we fear on anybody. It's, it's, you, can, you can give teams respect, um, you know, what you're going to face. But... Yeah, yeah. We, I, I've always, even last year, I fancied us, and I think I've proved it last year. You know, I think we, we were the only side to beat Salt Ash away. We were the only side to beat uh, Bridgewater away. We actually the only side to do the double on Bridgewater. So, you know, the, the, the key to any success for any football team is consistency. And unfortunately, we were very consistent last year. So, we know on our day we're, we're a good side, um, but it's the top sides that are consistent that win titles and cups. And that's what we need to be at. Well, that's interesting because obviously everyone knows that as a reputation, you're a big club. You're well supported. From this interview alone, we can see that you're ambitious. If you were to be in a position come the end of the season to sort of take that step up to the Southern League, is that something that is that a challenge that you would relish? Yeah, definitely. I think you know you want to you want to challenge yourself you know, as high as you can go, and you know, obviously it's so far away. But I suppose. The aim is to go as high as you can and, and play the best standard you can play. And I think the club's suited for going up the leagues. Um, you know, we've got we've got a great ground. We've got a great set. We've got great support. I suppose the only the only thing that probably holds us back, I would say, is the such a small core of players down here. Um, it's obviously for every league you go up, that that talent is uh, it's hard to find. But you know. We just have to cross that bridge when it comes to it. I don't think we have to do too much to our ground. Um, you know, squad-wise, you know, it would be like anything, isn't it? You, you probably have to you have to invest and recruit in the summer, but you know, it's too early to be thinking about things like that at the minute. And uh, we're just enjoying it. What happens? Because you know, I've been in football a long time, and it's got a funny way of changing. So you know, we're just uh, just enjoying it while it's here at the minute. Quite right too. Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. It's great, um, as always, to catch up with you and I look forward to catching up with you later in the season. Right, let's um, moving from um, one Devon and Cornish um, clash to another one. Again, two sides um, going really well, both at the top of the Premier Division. Helston Athletic, they were at home to Barnstable um, Town, but this was a this was a slightly easier ride for the Devon side. Yeah, well, they came from behind to do so. But yeah, Barnstable running out, running out three on winners against the uh, the former league leaders. Uh, Helston recently uh, themselves have been uh, producing a few fight backs to 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 grab victories, and uh, it was they who uh, tasted a bit of their own medicine on on the weekend. Tyler Elliott putting them in front after after 25 minutes, uh, but then it was uh, Barnstable hit back just prior to half time. Brody Montague um, uh, getting them back on level terms. Crucial goal, just uh, as I said, just before the break. Uh, and then it was a, a goal pretty early in the second half, which which put them in front. Oscar Massey completing the turnaround. Uh, and then it was, uh, yeah, as I say, Massey scoring again uh, pretty late on. Uh, made it 3-1, and that was just after Elliot himself, uh, the Helston goal scorer, had been sent off. So uh, uh, their hopes of any more uh, any any points from that game probably ended with that moment. And it was Barnstable who ran out 3-1 winners. 
Uh, now, moving on to Oldland Abertonians. They've been um, taking a while to acclimatise um, to life in the Premier Division, but they certainly were in good form on Saturday at home to St Blasey. Yeah, they were, and it was an incredible first-half performance that, that took them to the 4-2 win. All four of their goals come in before the break. Um, three of them uh, provided by one man in, in particular, and that was Harrison Kite. Uh, opened the scoring in the seventh minute, uh, and then Cash Vinnell, his teammate, uh, made it 2-0 shortly after. Real, I'd say, real flying start for the Abbots, 2-0 up after, after, after around 10 minutes or so. Uh, but then it was Kite, and, uh, and I've not actually seen the goals, but from... Um, Reading reports and whatnot, they were pretty special, some of these finishes, and he produced two more in the first half, uh, made it 4-0 after only 36 minutes, and, uh, yeah, they uh, maybe took their foot off the gas a little bit after that. Uh, but, yeah, Harrison Kite, the star man, and Oldland running out 4-2 winners at home to St Blasey. And finally, in the Premier Division, uh, Wellington. Now, they have laboured uh, at the start of this season, but, um, uh, well, they managed to get their first win of the season on Saturday, Tom. The visitors were Welton Rovers. Yeah, scrappy performance, but as you say, much needed. Uh, first league win of the season at the uh, ninth time of asking, so uh, crucial victory for the hosts. Uh, and it was a, a volley from Tom Burt, uh, the only goal in there. Uh, one nil victory at home to Welton. And now a message from our sponsors. Whatever the job, with over 25,000 products in stock and ready to go, you can click, collect and conquer at Toolstation. Now we'll turn our attention to the first division and we'll kick things off with a northeast Somerset derby between lowly Bishop Sutton, high flying Radstock Town, and I believe that you had the inside track on this game. <laughs> I did have a uh, you know, family member who was at this game, and I think it pretty much went with the uh, uh, the form guide, didn't it? A Radstock 5 uh, 1 win away at Bishop Sutton, as you say, different ends of the table, and, and that was how it played out. Uh, Jack Pearson heading. Heading the away side ahead after just five minutes. And, uh, yeah, then a couple of moments later, it was Jacob Reader doubling their advantage. And he probably feared feared for uh, feared for Bishop Sutton at that stage. Uh, Radstock, yeah, as I say, running out pretty comfortable winners. Uh, A.D. Harvey putting them three goals ahead at the interval. Uh, and then a couple more goals after 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 the break as well. Corey Rawlings and uh, another Reader header, uh, in fact, making it uh, five goals for the away side. And they're 11th for league one in the campaign. So a real, real strong start from uh, Radstock. It has been, but not many of them have been thumping great big wins um, mm. like that one. They've been quite right. nip and tuck affairs. Um, so I'm sure that will do Ray and the boys the world of uh, the world of good. Um, but anyway, there we go. Right. Um, moving on to a Wiltshire side, Bradford Town. They were at home to Hengrove. 157 um, saw this one. Tom and the home fans certainly went home happy. Yeah, they'll have enjoyed this coming from coming from another team to to come from behind to to gain. Gain all three points on the weekend. Hengrove going in front after uh, just about half an hour or so. Uh, but then the Bobcats, yeah, coming uh, coming from behind, as I say, uh, drawing drawing level just before halftime. Uh, Jordan Pinder uh, making it one apiece. Uh, it was then a second goal uh, coming midway through the second half. This was from Jack Whitcomb, which turned the game in in their favour. And then it was Tom Mack striking late on to, to put the game to bed. So a good come from behind win for Bradford. And they beat Hengrove by three goals to one. And an even more comfortable win for Brislington. They were at home to uh, to Cheddar. Um, seven goals in this one, and um, Brislington look like they're right back on song. They really do, yeah. And the, you know, the, a lot of the names that are scoring goals are, um, were regular scorers last year as well. It's, um, yeah, certainly their calling card, isn't it? They know where the back of the net is. But they did fall behind after only three minutes in this one. Surprisingly, Elliot Keane putting putting Cheddar in front. Uh, but yeah, Brislington 
uh, soon found the footing and were were two one up in pretty much uh, no time at all really. Oakland Buck and Joe McLennan make as I say making it two one uh, inside quarter of an hour. So they yeah they responded really well from the early setback. Uh, and they definitely kept their foot on the pedal. Uh, it was 4-1 after 32 minutes as well. So, yeah, as I say, they were uh, they were flying on Saturday. Uh, Asa White and Dean Griffiths, a couple more names that, yeah, were definitely among the among the leading marksmen last year as well, uh, back in back in goal scoring action on the weekend. Uh, Ollie Hucker had then headed home uh, towards the end of the first half to get Cheddar their second and obviously, you know, set up a, set up a potentially uh, dramatic second half. And that had even more chance of... Uh, a little comeback uh, when the cheese men were awarded a penalty, uh, but that was uh, unfortunately denied by the uh, the homekeeper. Uh, obviously, unfortunately for them, uh, and Brisington did uh, yeah staved off that uh, attempted fight back and uh, added a fifth through George Jones. So uh, a home win for Brisington by five goals to two over Cheddar. The classic adage of all important next goal. Had that mm. penalty gone in, what might have been? Could have been a completely different result. You're right. From for the men from Cheddar, the cheese mm. men. Um, right then, um, Bristol Telephones. Now, I think they've been going slightly under the radar, Tom. They picked up a win and they're handily placed uh, in the league. They were at home to Cadbury Heath. Um, give us the tail of the tape. Tail of the tape. Coming off the back of a, a big, uh, heavy defeat in the uh, uh, during the week, uh, the phones, yeah, needed a... Needed a f- they did a good response, didn't they? And they got that home to home to Cabra Heath on Saturday. And it was goals from Leon Britton uh, and Will Hailston uh, that did the business for them. And a 2-1 win uh, over Cabra Heath. Goals at the end of both halves. So, uh, yeah, striking while the... Uh, Striking while Mark Cabrahif would have been up against it. So it was good, good timing in the both of those goals, as I say. And it was the telephones who ran out 2-1 winners. Well, I'm delighted to welcome for the first time uh, Russ Holt, the assistant manager of Bristol Telephones. Russ, thanks very much for taking the time to speak to us. And let's start by having a look at that 2-1 win over Cadbury Heath. Was it as close as the scoreline suggests? Well, yes, it was actually. Um, after a disappointing result in midweek, we um, really needed to bounce back against Cadbury Heath. But, um, you, know, you know, it's a tough game for us at Liquid Derby. We, we played them earlier in the season and we were 2-0 up and they pegged us back to 2-2 and we managed to get a late winner. So we knew what to expect. Um, yeah, we scored a lot on half time, great time to score for us. And then we come out second half, and to be fair, once they scored, they were probably, they had a good spot, probably a better side. But we dug in and then we got a late winner to take three points, which was much needed after previous two league games, which we'd lost, actually. The, the previous league game was obviously Portishead, wasn't it? And I mean, we know how well they've been doing, but I, I imagine that you were probably disappointed that you didn't build on the performance y- y- you had against them in the um, in the Vars. Yeah, to be, to be fair, they, you know, the run they're on and at home, I think they're unbeaten at home all year, aren't they? You know, and it, we've gone down now. We, we're full of confidence after a while on Saturday because it was, you know, a bit of a lottery of the penalty shootout. But over the 90 minutes, I thought on the Saturday, you know, we, we would be more to match them. But we got down there last uh, Tuesday, and to be fair, they, they were on fire. You know, we didn't help ourselves with a, a few bad mistakes, but they were so clinical, and you know, deservedly winners. You know, they were, they were really good that night. I mean, do, do you think um, it was a case of them perhaps taking you lightly in the vase, and then realizing that you were going to be a stiffer test on Saturday, or was it just one of those things? Was it just that you know on just, on the Sorry, uh, yeah, just things one of those things in, you know, you know, it happens at football, doesn't it? You know, you have to at the top level, you know, I think we were 
we were below par and they, they raised their game probably from the Saturday and you know they, they were they're a good side, you know, they've been top for a reason, aren't they? You know, and you know, we've got to take our medicine, haven't we? And uh, we went again Saturday and we all say to the lads, if you you know, we've been really good this year, when we've lost, we've always seemed to bounce back. And that was really important for us on Saturday, you know, if you lose a game, just make sure you don't lose the next one. And luckily we managed to get the three points. Because you're currently seventh in the league at the moment. I mean, what have you um, made of your start to this season? Well, when we had, we had a plan at the end of the season, you know, where we wanted, where we wanted to be, you know, after this many games, and we're probably where we expected to be. You know, we've got we've got a new side after what happened. You know, we joined the club last year. We've got a new side this year. I knew it would take a few. You know, we had so many games in August, didn't we? You know, we played ten league games in August, and it was crazy. And by the time we settled down a little bit. Yeah, I think we're where we expected to be. We're where we are at the moment. In terms of the sort of the overall plan for the season, what were your ambitions for the side this season? To finish as high as possible, because you know historically, Bristol Telephones have always been in the bottom third of the table. We just wanted to prove on that. And at the moment, we're in the top third of the table. So you know, we're really pleased to start. And we played some tough games. You know, we played three of the top five, four of the top five, and uh, we've had some tough games. But yeah, really pleased. You know, the, the lads have been brilliant for us. You know, we asked them to put big demands on them, but the, the players have been fantastic for us so far. I mean, you, you say about Bristol Telephones um, historically have been in the bottom third, but of course yourself and uh, and John Allen um, historically haven't been, have you? You've you've built a very you built a very good Canesham side that got promoted to the. Premier Division, and you know, and was showing signs of of kicking on and, and climbing that particular table. And I noticed from some of your acquisitions um, this season that you're, you're, there's an element of you getting the band back together. Yes, yeah, there's a there's a few players back with us. You know, I say in Kingston, well, you know, we had the tough. We started off really well. You know, we had, we had the first season there. We, we just missed out on promotion. We finished third in the league. Westbury and Roman Glasbeers to the title winning the following season. We actually, when we won the league, it was uh, fantastic to do that. You know, we had a great group of players there as well. And now we've gone to Telephone. Yeah, we've got a few little balls back together. You know, Craig Wilson has come back to us. We had him at Kingston for five years. You know, and he's come back into the back to Telephones this season. I think he's got 11 goals already. So, started to really finish off last season with um, scoring goals for us. You know, a few little experienced players we had at Kingston have come along with us as well, which is great. The big difference between you finishing third in Canesham and building in the, you know, in the in the seasons to come, which is what you did, is that now if you finish in the top five with the playoffs, you know, you could be in the shake up for the, you know, for promotion. I mean, I know John's an ambitious manager. I'm sure you, you know you're ambitious as well. But do you think your Bristol Telephones project is ready for that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know, we've we've come we've come to this come to the club and you know the support we get from the chairman Jerry Holmes and the environment we've created there is fantastic. The support we get is like second to none. And we we like to think now. I think the playoffs are great for the league. I think they really are. And uh, I think if we can stay in where we are now for the rest of you know leading into Christmas and then hopefully the year we can kick on, then we can stay around in that position we're at at the moment and push on. We've talked a bit about Portis Head, but I mean, have you got a feel for which other teams you think you'll get will go well this season? Um, Radstock have started really well. They're up there, aren't they? They're doing well. We've yet to play Briz or Bitten, but you know, we know what players they've got. They're going to be there and thereabouts. Wincanton, you know, they come to us, they were unbeaten, and we had a great result at home against them, beat them 4 1. And so I, I just think this season, I think anyone can beat anyone in our league at the moment. If you, if you drop your levels any game, even the bottom sides are going to take points off you. So every week, it's, just, it's, it's, it's difficult league. You've got to be on it every week to get some out of these games because it's so competitive. 
Obviously, the Bristol football scene is one you know well, um, not least because of your previous time at Kenshin. But of course, we're seeing now in the geography of the first division of the uh, of the Western League, probably a more Bristol-centric league than you experienced when you were with Kenshin all those years ago. Uh, you mentioned the likes of Brislington and Bitten, of course, Brislington just over the road from you. Is that, is that making it harder for you to pick up the type of players that you know that you, you and John want at the club? Yeah, of course it is. You know, you know I think it is in like a five-mile radius. I think it's about eight sides in our league. It's, it's, it's crazy. But, you know, we, we what we can do is try and attract the players by, you know, what we can offer them. Not monetary, but, you know, we try to create an environment where people want to play for us. That's the most important thing for me. And if you get that right, I think players will come and play for you. So you've got Cribs reserves uh, in the Les Phillips um, in the midweek game, and then in in a way that only the, the Western League fixture se- um, schedule can throw up. You're playing them again uh, on Saturday. Um, yeah. They have started their life in the Western League very Im- impressively. What have you made of them? Very good. We played them um, second game of the season, and honestly, for the first half they they, they played us off the park. We threw them down at half time. We uh, pegged them back to three all, but they they scored a late winner. But I was really impressed with them. You know, you know, tonight's going to be a tough game. We got them in the cup, and then obviously, we, like you said, we got them again on Saturday. Just like we had a double header with Porter's head. So I was just saying that with Cribs. So yeah, we know it's going to be difficult tonight. They've got game and again, obviously, on, and again on Saturday. It doesn't get any easier for you, does it? Because you've got Odd Down up next. Now Odd Down are at the wrong end of the table, but they're on a very good run of form at the moment. You can't take them lightly. No, we played them first game of the season, and although we beat them three one, I, I thought they. They, they, they were a good side and then I was quite surprised how they started but like you said I think they signed a few players now haven't they and they, they, they picked up so you know, going, going out there on a the Tuesday night is, is a difficult job as well so but we think about that after Saturday's game <laughs> uh, Now Russ this is the first time you've spoken to us on the Western League podcast it's great to have you on but one question I ask all of our new uh, interviewees is um, can you tell us a bit about yourself can you tell um, the listeners about your footballing journey to the Bristol Telephones dugout got involved with junior football when my, my son started playing great grassroots level and then progressed and I ended up uh, helping out with uh, King Chum under 18s and then it's so I'm um, uh, Chris King and Sean Day were in the first team and I've known Sean for a few years and uh, he asked me if I could come along and help on match days with the first team which, which I did uh, we did that for a few seasons, had some successful seasons there. And then Chris and Sean decided to step down. And that's when uh, they uh, interviewed John for the job. And, you know, and then John phoned me up and said, oh, well, she wants to stay on, we'll give it a go. So that's what happened, really. And then me and John have been together ever since. And we, this is our seventh season doing it together. Russ, thank you so much again for taking the time to speak to us. Um, the best of luck for the rest of the season. And um, uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to speak again soon. And uh, finally, um, we t- we go to Longwell Green Sports. Um, they were taking on your team, Tom, odd down a bath. And um, one of the th- one of the things that caught my eye about this fixture was that it was another win for the men from Bath. Mm. Yeah, they seem to have uh, yeah seem to have hit a bit of a purple patch. Uh, one man in particular as well, Milo Murgatroyd. He's doing the uh, doing the business for for the Bath side at the moment, as you say. And it was uh, yeah, he was influential once again. Uh, a two one win away at Longwell Green. Uh, scoring, um, scoring after only four minutes to put, put the host, uh, sorry, put her away, weren't they? Put the away side ahead, uh, and then again in the uh, in the in the the dying moments after Matt Brown had levelled for the hosts, 
Uh, it was Murgatroyd who was on target once more and, uh, yeah, grabbed all three points. Uh, another win for, for a down 2-1 two, 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 victory away uh, for them at Longwell Green. So before we take a look at the league tables, Tom, we'll take a look at the upcoming fixtures and um, uh, we'll look at Saturday the 7th of October. Pretty full programme in both our Premier and um, First Division. What fixture has, uh, have you picked out in the Premier Division? Gone for Oldland against Helston. So uh, two two teams that we did touch on during the, the round up there. Oldland obviously uh, flying out to that, that uh, big home win uh, against St. Blazy. So they've got another home game on the weekend. Uh, taking on a Helston side who've dropped off the top. I know we're going we're gonna to touch on the tables in a second. Uh, but Oldland themselves probably not had the start they wanted, but obviously maybe signs of uh, signs of uh, yeah upshoot uh, recent upshoot. So uh, hopefully uh, they can give uh, Helston a, a good match on Saturday afternoon. And of course, when Oldland were in the first division, this fixture mm. was the scene of a famous giant killing in the FA Vars. So oh, um, whether yeah. that's going to spur Helston on, we'll see to, for revenge, or whether Oldland can repeat the feat and continue their renaissance. Who can adds, say? Adds even more jeopardy. I'm looking forward oh, to it, it now. Does. Oh, it does. Now, I'm going to go for Shepton Mallet against Saltash United. Um, Shepton, uh, we, we've not covered them, really, um, on mm. the podcast. Normally, they're one of those sides that in recent seasons have been doing well. Of course, they got to last season's Les Phillips Cup final. Um, always a competitive side in the uh, in the Premier Division. Saltash United, really positive signs that, you know, after a jittery start with an awful lot of transition going on at the club, you know they're getting back to um, to winning ways, so I reckon this could be a really entertaining affair. And um, a trip to Shepton Mallet is always worth it for those Saltash United fans. Um, one of the most hospitable clubs um, uh, in the uh, in the Tool Station Western League, particularly if you like cider, mm-hmm. which I don't, but I. Still found them very hospitable. Um, right, we'll move on to the first division, Tom. Uh, what's what's caught your eye there? A plump for Wales City against Bradford. Uh, Wales doing decently at home. I think their home forms, uh, pre- yeah, pretty good. Uh, not many losses on on their home patch, and they take on a Bradford side who are, yeah, doing I think doing pretty well by all accounts. Aren't they? A couple of three-one wins recently. And, uh, yeah, I think this should be a, a decent game. Just noting as well that they play each other again in a month, so they'll uh, get to know each other quite well. So uh, two two fixtures in the, in the space of sort of 28 days or so. So, um, yeah, the first half of that uh, is on Saturday at, uh, at the Athletic Ground. So uh, looking forward to seeing how Wells going against Bradford. Absolutely. And I'm going to go for Wincanton Town against Portishead Town. Of course, one team with a real legacy of being competitive in the first division, a team in Wincanton that, is always tipped to be there or thereabouts, particularly in the era of the playoffs. And Porter said, of course, the runaway train, the runaway leaders, the team that, um, you know, couldn't be beaten. Well, they might not have been beaten on Saturday, but they did get stopped. They did get held by um, by Canesham. So perhaps there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for everybody else. And uh, if anybody can um, push home that advantage, I'm absolutely sure that it's um, Chris and his wise men at Wincanton. Porter said, will definitely be... They'll definitely have to be at the races to get anything out of that fixture. <laughs> right. Um, just before we leave the uh, listeners in peace, um, we will have a quick look at the league tables. Who's um, who's hot in the Premier Division, Tom? So we do have new leaders as of as of Saturday afternoon. That was Falmouth with the, uh, the, the their latest victory taken in top. Uh, they've played nine. Uh, they've won six of those and they're on 20 points. So a uh, decent start for... Uh, Falmouth, and they leapfrogged Helston, who've also played nine, won six, but they've uh, had one more defeat. 
Uh, so they're back uh, back a point on 19. And then you've got, got Bridgewater United in third. They've only played eight, so they do have a game in hand on the top two. And they've also got 19 points. So uh, tight between the top three. And then three teams uh, in fourth, fifth and sixth, all on 18 points. So, yeah, no, nothing much deciding the top, top few spots at the moment. And that is Brixham in fourth. Uh, Clevedon in fifth, who've only played eight, uh, as opposed to Brixham and Torpoint, who are sixth, and they've also played eleven, as for as like Brixham. So uh, yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of movement, I'm sure, over the next couple of weeks, which uh, yeah, pretty exciting. And uh, to, I mean, to show how tight it is, we've got a streak down in down in ninth, that are five points off the top. So uh, yeah, plenty of plenty of movement to happen, as I say, over the next couple of weeks and months. Indeed. Um, the bottom is not looking great reading if you're a Millbrook fan. They've played eight. They're yet to win or draw. Um, Oldland Abertonians, who've managed two wins, they sit in 17th. Um, they're on six points. And Wellington, of course, who got that first win of the season, they sit on six points. They've um, they've had one win and three draw, uh, draws. Above them, you've got Saltash and, uh, and Welton uh, Rovers. Um, if we look at the top of the first division, uh, Tom, I guess perhaps this, you know... Obviously, this isn't the first time we've done the tables this season, in, um, but but the first division top has a sort of more settled feel to it, even mm. even at this early stage. I was about to say, yeah, they have obviously, yeah, they've played a played a few more games than in the prem, so it's a little bit more time to solidify itself as uh, in terms of gaps, and yeah, you start to get a feel of of what teams are hot and and, and not so. Uh, but Porter's had they, uh, yeah, they continue to lead the way at the moment, and they're showing no signs of letting up. Well. Apart from the draw on the weekend, I made myself look a bit of a fool there. But yeah, 15 games, 12 victories and 38 points with a, a stonking goal difference of 36 as well. So uh, yeah, real good guns. And obviously they had the news about Ethan Fells from staying until the end of the season. So that should certainly help them on on the scoring front. Uh, Radstock sit in second. They've played 15 as well. They've won 11 of those. They're on 34 points. So that's four points back from, from top spot. And then you've got Wink Hansen, who've been at the races for 10 of their 15 matches, which they've won this year. And they've only lost twice. Uh, so they are third with 33 points. Then you've got a couple of sides on 30 points as well, which is pretty good going at this stage of the season. That's Bradford, who've uh, won nine of 15, and Bitten, who've won nine of 14. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the top five currently in the uh, in the first division. Brislington, uh, last year's top spot, uh, currently uh, sitting in sixth, uh, a further point back on 29. So they're within, within uh, shooting distance of the top as well. Very congested table, mm. um, as we'd I guess we'd expect this stage yeah. of the season, which is which should be good news for the teams um, who find themselves towards the bottom. Bishop Sutton are in danger of getting cut adrift. They've managed only one point so far this season, but really above that, everybody if they go on a bit of a run of two or three games could really um, pull themselves up into mid table. Gillingham are in twenty first. Um, they've had two wins this season. They're on seven points. Uh, Cheddar sit above them. I think we're all expecting Cheddar to go on a run sooner or later. And they've played 14. They've got 10 points. The same as Canesham Town. Of course, now, if Canesham can't be boosted by holding the league leaders, then I don't know what can boost them. They've only played 12 games and they've got um, 10 points. And then there's a four-point gap between Canesham and, uh, and Warminster Town in 18th. So um, still everything to play for. It's, oh, it's very early. Very early. It's only it's October. Yeah. We haven't even had Halloween yet. I don't know why we're exactly. getting. We don't need to go down the horror show route, <laughs> but we have been going down the bulletin route. Hmm. Excellent job as always, Tom. Where can the listeners find uh, your latest edition? Yeah, talking of horrors. Anyway, that's on the uh, Tool Station Western League website. Uh, it's on the homepage. Uh, if you, you scroll down and uh, yeah, that, give it a give it a click on the on the bulletin there. 
uh, sits alongside the, the podcast, which is nice. And uh, yeah, that comes out every week uh, in PDF and Word format. So yeah, that's uh, that's available every Sunday morning. Fantastic stuff, Tom. Thank you as always for your time and your work on the uh, on the Toolstation Westernly Bulletin. And I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Toolstation Westernly podcast.